0: Alright, so this is the Bible number two. Now raise your hand if you've ever used a vending machine and the coins got stuck in it. Has that ever happened to you? So you put the coins in, right? And you notice, I didn't hear them click at the bottom. Y'all have had that happen before? That happens to me sometimes. Now, there are times where it just gets stuck and you're in trouble. Like it's stuck, there's nothing that you can do about it at all, right? But what's something that you can do to help that situation? What can you do? You can kick it, right? How many of y'all have kicked the vending machine? Yeah, so the coins kind of get stuck in there, and you're like punching the thing, and it's kind of awesome. You try to kick it, and you're trying to get the coins to drop, right? And that's what you have to do. Now, sometimes they get stuck, and that's kind of scary. You're like, I just wasted money. I was really excited about my Snickers or my Coke or something, which Harv got waiting because he want a bet earlier. So that may happen to you. Now, you kick it, though, and you feel better if it goes down. It's kind of a weird moment though, right? Because something valuable, your money, is sitting in there. You, it's gone in, but it hasn't given you anything yet. It hasn't given you a result yet, right? And in the same way, I think a lot of Christians where we live today are in that same boat with the Word of God. The Word of God is extremely valuable. The Word of God is extremely valuable. The Gospel, the message of what Jesus did for us on the cross is the most valuable message there is. And every single week when you're at Armor Up or you're at church or you're at a Bible study, that message, like those coins, is going in your brain. You're hearing the message. Now, if you think about this, for a lot of us, the question is this. What difference has that made in your life? What difference does hearing that message make in your life? What does your relationship with Jesus, what has that changed in your life? I mean, if that message is true, if we're really hearing the gospel, if we're really hearing the word of God, it should make us more joyful than other people. We should have courage for our faith when other people don't. We should be most excited about our faith compared to other things. Those are some of the effects that it should have on my life. I should want to serve God, not myself. I should want to care about others more than myself. Those are some of the effects that it would have. It would change how I lived. I would look a little different. I wouldn't be perfect, but it would change how I lived. But for a lot of us, that message, like the coins, it goes in, it kind of gets stuck. It doesn't drop and produce something. Like the coins don't produce the food or the Coke. It's kind of stuck in there. So I want to answer the question tonight, and kind of it's our question of the summer, is how do you go from just hearing this message to having it really, really affect your life? How do you do that? So tonight I'm going to kind of talk about that a little bit. Now raise your if you've heard of a guy in the Bible named Joshua y'all heard that name before? This is what happens with Joshua. Joshua is called by God to lead God's people into the promised land. So this is what happened. Um, God promised Israel, his country, his nation, his people, that they were going to get a land that God promised them. That's what they were going to get. The problem is the first time they went into the land, they saw a bunch of people and they got really scared because like, we're going to have to fight these people to get in. So they got terrified. So picture this. If I picked one of you to come up here and I had him pick, I might do that now, but if I had him pick a few teammates. So he had three teammates and it was himself. And then I said, you've got to go against everyone else in Dodgeball. That'd be pretty scary, wouldn't it? If I made him do that, that'd be terrifying. That's what Joshua would have felt times like 100. That's what he would have felt times 100. And what I was saying is that those first people who went and saw the land, they freaked out. They freaked out. They couldn't do it. They didn't trust God. So God punished them by making them wander in the desert for a long time. Then Joshua comes along and says, all right, Joshua, I'm going to give you guys a chance. I want you to lead them into the land. Now, this is going to be scary because you're going to have to take over these people to do it. You're going to have to fight these people. They're bigger than you. They're more than you. They're scarier than you. But this is what he says. Some of you guys have heard this verse before. It's not a memory verse, but it says, Be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So even though this is going to be scary, you can have courage. Not because you're awesome. Not because you're a brilliant fighter or a great general or something like that. But because I'm with you. Because God is with you. Be strong and and courageous because i'm with you he's trying to tell him hey you can do this not because of you but because i'm with you and then this is what he tells them. this is in verse 8 this is the memory verse of the week in joshua 1a those of you that memorize this so he says in order to stay courageous and to do what god called them to do says keep this book of the law always on your lips now question the book of the law is talking about god's word so does he mean that we're supposed to just take the word and like lick it and let it sit on our lips? No, it's obviously not what he means. He means something else. So what does he mean when he says the word of God's always on our lips? This is what it is. What's that next word say? It starts with an M. Yeah, it says meditate. That's the big word tonight. Nice. It says meditate on the word day and night so that you'll be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. You won't be successful because you're stronger or smarter or better. You will be successful because you know the word and it'll change your life. It won't just go in your head like a coin in the vending machine that gets stuck, but you'll think about it in such a way that it actually affects your life. That's what he says. Here's the question we have to ask. What does it mean to meditate? Now, when you think of meditate, what do you think of? You, you probably think, yeah some of you have said it. You probably think of this thing, like you're sitting there, your legs are crossed, you're doing this thing, you're going, ah, like that kind of thing. That's a lot of times what we think of meditate. But when the Bible says meditate, it means something different. When it says meditate, it actually, the word there, it actually, it's haga. What it means is you're like talking to yourself. That's what it means. So you're talking to yourself. And what it really means is you're thinking deeply about something. That's what it means to meditate. So it says meditate on the word means you're thinking deeply about the word. Now, you can meditate about anything, right? Like some of you guys meditate, maybe for me, sometimes it's college football. I'm thinking about it. I'm asking questions about it. I'm wondering what's going to happen in that game. I'm thinking about it all the time. That's meditating. Maybe for you it's food. Maybe it's video games. Maybe it's friends. Maybe it's the fun thing you're going to do this weekend. But the things that we think about a lot, that's what we're meditating on. Whatever we meditate on is what we're thinking about. And what God is telling Joshua in that verse is this. If the thing that you think about the most, the thing you meditate on, not just on a Bible study on Wednesday night or in your church, the thing you think about is my word During the days, in whatever situation you're in, you're reminding yourself of what you're learning in the Bible. It's going to have an effect on your life. It's going to change how you live. Why would that happen? This is the main point. Some of you have heard me say this before. This is one of the most important things I've ever learned. And I'm going to put it on the screen so you can see it. But this is it. What you think about, you'll care about. And what you care about, you'll chase. I'm going to say that again. What you think about, you'll care about. And what you care about, you'll chase. See, this is what God knows. He made us this way. This is why I told Joshua this. He knows that if Joshua thinks about his word, if Joshua thinks about who God is, he's going to care about his word. He's going to, over time, care about God. And then he's going to chase God. He's going to live his life in a way where he pursues God. He follows him. He wants him more than anything else. Whatever I fill my mind with is what I'm going to start to care about then that's what I'm gonna chase with my life. That's what I'm gonna live my life for. So if I'm always thinking about popularity, that's what I'm gonna care about. And then that's what I'm gonna chase with my life. If I'm always thinking, this will be you when you're older, like a girl relationship, if that's what I'm always thinking about, then that's what I'm gonna care about. And then with my life, with the hours that God's given me in a day, that's what I'm gonna chase. It can be money, it can be sports, it can be anything. What I fill my mind with I'm going to care about, and then that's the thing I'm going to chase. I'm going to go after, because what we think about is extremely powerful. It's extremely powerful. You guys know what racquetball is? You all ever heard of that sport? So the guy that baptized me actually played racquetball a lot, and he one time played racquetball against a professional racquetball player, and this guy just smoked him. I mean, I don't think my, my, the guy that baptized me won a point. Like This professional player just smoked him. And he went up to him after and was like, I'm just kind of curious. How did you get so good at racquetball where you can beat me that bad and you can win championships and beat everyone else? And what he thought he was going to say was the reason I'm so good at racquetball is because I'm stronger, I'm faster, I'm a better athlete. That's not what he said, though. He said, the reason that I got so good is really simple. It's because I can focus better than anybody else can. That's why. I can focus. This is what he means. He was able to tell that guy that I was telling you about, exactly where he was on certain shots. So he would remember every single shot from the entire game that they played. He'd be like, you remember that second game on the third point, you were in the corner, I hit the ball low, I could tell by the way you moved your leg that it was going to make the ball go over here, so I went over here and I knew every time your leg did that that that's where the ball would go. And crazy stuff like that simply because he was so focused He had trained his mind so well to focus that that's why he was so good at racquetball, not because he was a better athlete. In fact, LeBron James, um, there are stories about him that he can remember plays that happened in a game from like 20 years ago, like when he was a kid. He watches something on TV and he will be able to say classic games that he'll watch again like with Michael Jordan and he'll be able to tell you, yeah, I remember exactly where everyone was on that play and timeouts, he can do the same thing. He remembers where people are. He remembers who's guarding who, where they like to stand, because he's focused. He's focused. That's what he can do. And in the exact same way, our minds are made not to focus on a million different things, but to focus on a few things. And LeBron's chosen basketball. That guy chose racquetball. What I want to tell you tonight is this. If you make the Word of God when you're young something that you truly focus on, it can change your life. Literally, I've got a, a teacher that does brain research. And one of the things he says is that if you memorize the Word, if you read it and you know it, it will literally change the way that you think. It actually changes your brain. And you begin to think how God wants you to think. It's amazing what it does. But if you focus on the Word and give your attention to that, that'll change what you care about and that'll change how you live. It starts with the mind. That's why God is telling them that. That if we're single-minded for the Word, it'll reprogram our brain To walk with God. Now the reason why we don't do this is pretty simple. We're busy. We're distracted. There's a million things going on. Some of us think God is boring and that his word is boring. And a big one is this. We want things quickly. We want things to happen really, really fast. And the truth is that it doesn't happen really fast. This impact takes a long time. How many of you guys this summer, one of your parents has come up to you and they've been like, man, you got really big all of a sudden. You grew a ton. Does that happen when some of you are like, how did you grow like five feet? Now, they don't say that every day. They're not going up to you every day right-hairs and looking at your head and being like, oh, I saw you go up a little bit. Like, they can't do that. But then one day they'll walk downstairs and be like, when did you get huge? They just notice it randomly one day. Growing in the faith is the exact same way. That you fill your mind with the Word. You think about it. You don't just hear it on a Wednesday, but you think about it during your day. Over time you'll begin to follow God. Because what you think about, you care about. What you care about, you'll chase. And one day you'll be like, whoa, whoa, I didn't even realize this. I care about God more than other things. It'll be amazing how you grow. So how do we actually do that? And I'll kind of end with a couple things here. Have you guys ever gotten a song stuck in your head? Some of you have. So sometimes you hear some on the radio, and you're like, that sounds good. And like, yeah, there you go. Hey, is it's Let It Go, is what he just said. So he hears it on the radio, and like three hours later, He'll just hear that, let it go, right? Not in that voice? Not in a better voice. But he'll hear that, and it comes back later. That happens to us all the time. You'll hear a song, and you're walking a few hours later, and it just kind of comes to your mind, and you start playing it to yourself. And you kind of start walking a certain way, you know. That's how it works. It gets in your head when you memorize a song, when a song gets stuck in your head. And here's what's really cool. What I want to challenge you tonight is to do this, to learn how to get the gospel stuck in your head. To learn how to get the Gospel as that song that's always in your head. That during the day, you kind of remember it. And you remind yourself of what it means. So here's what's cool. When it says law of the Lord, delight yourself in the law of the Lord. What that means is this. It's not the rules of the Bible. It's the whole story of the Bible and making that the rule of your life. That's what it means. And the whole story of the Bible is something we talk about every week. That God the King, the same God that created the world, it was Joshua's God that guided him to victory in that battle chose to send his son Jesus to die on the cross for you to make you a son of God to make you one of his sons that he delights in that he loves and he's going to let you be a part of his kingdom one day forever that's the gospel is that he paid the price for your sins Jesus Christ did on the cross that's the whole story of the Bible Genesis to Revelation And when that becomes the song that's stuck in your head that wherever you are in the word you're reminding yourself of that What'll happen is during the day, you'll remind yourself of what Jesus did for you. You'll remind yourself that you have to learn to play the gospel in your head like it's a song. So that when you're worried about what people think about you, you play the gospel like it's a song. God already loves me. God already thinks infinitely highly of me because of what Jesus did. You play it to yourself. When you feel guilty about something, you don't know what to do, you play the gospel to yourself. It reminds you, I'm gonna turn to Jesus. When you're having a hard time wanting to serve others instead of yourself, You play the gospel to yourself like it's a song and remind yourself of how Jesus served you. Playing the gospel to yourself like it's a song will change everything. Taking the word of God wherever you are and asking really good questions on how it applies to you will help do the trick. So let's practice this right now. I'm going to help you do this. Here's a couple questions on the screen that I ask of. So the word's gone in. You've read a verse, right? Just like the coins in the vending machine. I've got to kind of kick it down a little bit. So this is what I do to make it really help me. I'm going to ask these types of questions. I put a bunch of them in the newsletter. Here's two examples. Here's one. If I really believed that this truth, if I really believed it was true, what I just read, what difference would this make in my life? How would this actually affect my life? Here's another question you can ask. Why would God want to show me this today? I could be reading anything today. I could have heard any message tonight. What's going on in my life that this is what I need to hear? Why is this? So what difference would this make in my life? And why do I need to hear this today? What difference would this make in my life? And why do I need to hear this today? So I'm going to have you practice this actually right now. This is a passage in Romans. He's going to put it on the screen. And this is what I want you to do. This is how you learn to play the gospel to yourself. You hear verses. They remind you of Jesus. You You can remember this during the day if you memorize it. And you're asking those questions. What difference would this make? Why would God have me to do this? So I want you to read this to yourself. And if you're like, I'm bored, I don't want to read the whole thing, just make sure you read verse 8. Some you have heard this before. So I'm going to give you a second to read it to yourself and think about what it means. Think about what he's saying in those verses. This is what I want you to do. You can keep reading if you need to. I want you to ask yourself two questions. This is how you meditate. I'm showing you how to do it right now. I want you to ask yourself, of those verses, what difference would that make in your life if you really believed that that was true? That while we were at our worst, that's what that last verse says, when we were at our very worst as sinners, on our worst day is when Jesus came to die for us. That's how strong God's love is for us. If you believe that, how would that change your life? I want you to think of one thing. Why my God wants you to hear that tonight? I want you to think that in your head. That's what it means to meditate. You're applying it to yourself. So think about that. Why do you need to hear that tonight? Why would God want you to hear that? You're thinking deeply about the word. And the more you think about it, the more you're going to care about it. And then that's what you're going to chase. I want you to hear this real quick and we'll be done. I've never met a strong Christian that does not do this every day. I've never met a weak one that does. I've never met a strong Christian that doesn't meditate on the Word daily. That doesn't remind himself of the Gospel every day. That doesn't let the Word guide them every day. That I've never met a weak Christian that does that. That is the thing that will separate. is being driven by the Word daily. Do you know who St. Patrick is? Sometimes y'all celebrate St. Patrick's Day. i know end with this. This is really cool. Back when he was in Ireland, a couple hundred years ago, Ireland was a disaster. There was a lot of sin going on. And you could hear it in their songs. The things that they sung about were just really bad and inappropriate. So what St. Patrick did, a guy that loved God, this was really smart on his part, is he began to change the music that they listened to. He began to change the music. began to change the songs just a little bit at a time. And instead of being bad songs, he made the songs about God, about the Bible. So these people, without even knowing it, began to fill their minds with the Bible, without even knowing it, that over time it actually changed the whole country. People began to love God, they began to care about Him, they began to accept the gospel, and they began to follow Him. Simply because St. Patrick changed what they were thinking about. That's how powerful what we think about is every single day. You may not notice it today, but in the long run, you will notice it. It will make a huge impact. Let me pray for us, and then Ronnie, Uncle Ronnie will tell us what game we're playing. Lord, we love you, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that the whole message of the Bible is the gospel and wherever we're at, we can see Your Son in it. But I pray we'd learn to meditate on it, to think deeply on Your Word, God, so that we could care about You and that we could follow You every day. It's in Your Son's name that we pray. Amen.